Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Today on Erectile Dysfunction Radio, we will be wrapping up our four-part series. In our final episode, we will talk about how the treatment process progressed with this client. As a reminder, the client was experiencing erectile dysfunction at times and would have fainting and dizzy spells following sexual activity. He was seen by his urologist who ruled out organic causes of ED and suggested the use of an antihistamine medication in the event that what was happening was an allergic reaction that was causing these other symptoms. In last week's episode, we spoke with Dr. Jeff Banker, the cardiologist who ruled out heart conditions and cleared the patient to continue engaging in sexual activity. The client shared with me that he did not use antihistamine medications that had been recommended by Dr. Siegel because he started to see improvements shortly after that visit. He also began to see symptom reduction a bit before starting the heart monitor, which helps to explain why there were no incidents while on the monitor despite engaging in sexual activity. Now a bit more about the context of the case and this episode. The client was seen for 10 sessions as of this last recording. That may sound like a lot, but it really is not that many meetings in the scheme of things. The client is continuing the therapy process currently. Everything that we talk about in this episode is what unfolded over a 10-session process. We covered what transpired in the first three sessions or so in episode one of this series. Now, it's also important to remember that a therapy session can range from 45 minutes to an hour, and it is impossible to properly recap everything here in detail. In sessions four and five, we really looked at the first steps of therapeutic intervention, This process was really focused on addressing the cognitive distortions or the unhelpful thoughts and beliefs about sexual activity being destructive to health and ejaculation causing permanent damage. This client and myself explored the origins of these beliefs, and I helped the client to recognize that his experience, while very culturally specific in its details, is actually a common one. We discussed the cross-cultural phenomenon of attributing negative life outcomes to inappropriate or unchecked sexual expression. The client was relieved to learn how common this is and was able to challenge some of his own beliefs. The intensity of anxiety after sexual activity began to dissipate. We also discussed and explored the role of his family of origin in enforcing these beliefs, the secrecy around sexuality, and his fear of disappointing his parents. I also provided psychoeducation and specific resources that help the client to understand the sexual process in the body, what some of his post-orgasm feelings may be attributed to, and helped him to gain a sense of being normal while engaging in sexual activity. Over these two meetings, we also began to incorporate the notion of pleasure-focused activities. I encouraged the client to only engage in sexual activity when he wanted to and not to masturbate just for the sake of making sure that things are working. This is a really important point. If you are trying to overcome sexual dysfunction, 
Pleasure is an important and key part of the erection process and should be present whenever possible. Trying to engage in sexual activity without pleasure is a very steep and challenging hill to climb. In sessions six and seven, the client had begun to see symptom reduction following sexual activity. He continued to maintain a belief that too much sexual activity in a short period of time would trigger fainting spells. This was based on some cognitive distortions or unhelpful thoughts that were not based in his reality or in facts. The client had convinced himself, based on his felt experience, that this was true. He would, in fact, pass out if he engaged in sexual activity too many times too close to each other, and he avoided what he considered to be too much sexual activity. The avoidance served to reinforce his beliefs about the dangers of masturbation. This is also an important principle for our listeners to be aware of. The act or behavior of avoidance messages to the mind that there is something to be avoiding. It signals impending trouble, that there is something or a reason to be avoiding, even when this is not true. When I work with my clients, I emphasize to them my belief that it is of the utmost importance to break the avoidance cycle. And to that end, I suggested to this client a number of behavioral interventions to encourage the client to experience multiple sexual encounters in succession, in conjunction with some cognitive or thought-based exercises. Within a few weeks of starting these exercises, he reported no incidents of panic. He did continue, however, to worry that he would feel panic again, and this itself became distressing and the focus of treatment. Sessions 8 through 10 focused on the worry or the anxiety about having a negative reaction, and not so much about what might be causing the negative reaction in the first place. As is very common in the process of addressing sexual anxiety or sexual dysfunction, the anticipation or the anticipatory anxiety became more pronounced as treatment progressed, and the client continued to worry about the possibility of passing out, despite no longer being concerned about the long-term health issues from sexual activity, which was his initial trigger. We sometimes see this with panic attacks, where a person becomes more concerned about the panic attack occurring and less worried about what originally triggered it. With this client, the client was able to masturbate now without incident, but was fearful of having a reaction which would contribute to him wanting to avoid sexual activity. Over these sessions, pleasure became a more significant focus of the client's process through limiting engagements to only when he wanted to and not feeling compelled to engage in sexual activity. He also made more of an emphasis to focus on the specifics of what he enjoys and made sure to incorporate these elements into his sexual process. This included preferred physical and mental stimulation. At the same time, the client's anticipatory anxiety continued but did become less intrusive and is currently not interfering with his ability to engage in sexual activity. He used cognitive challenging, evidence gathering, and decatastrophizing, all cognitive tools that he developed in therapy to help decrease anxious thoughts. Due to the progress with his process and a renewed sense of confidence, the client has now shifted his focus to anxiety and worry about partnered sexual activity something which he has avoided for the past few years. This shift of his focus, from my perspective, is significant progress. 
Many men need to first gain confidence with erections on their own before they can or even want to focus on erections with a partner. The client's work is not over, and it is likely that he has a fair amount of work ahead of him to get to where he wants to be. And yet, he has made some significant life-altering changes in a very short period of time. If he chose to stop therapy, this would be, in my mind, a successful therapy process. I hope that for the many men who are struggling with aspects of their sexuality, this case study is relatable and motivational. Erectile dysfunction can be overwhelming. The multitude of factors that can be contributing to this can paralyze someone and make it feel impossible to be able to address. I get it. And yet so much change is possible, and life and these conditions can get better. Therapy cannot guarantee the exact outcomes that you want, but it can make your life and your sex life significantly better. I think this client demonstrates just how challenging and complex the erection process can seem, and at the same time, how much progress can be made by working with the right qualified professionals to help address erectile dysfunction, sexual anxiety, and help to create an atmosphere and an environment for improved sexual outcomes. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.